today, a 2022 flashback on Compassion Radio. Looking forward and remembering what we leave behind, it seemed to be a tradition at the end of each year. And this one has been a doozy. 360 days ago, Sandy and I sat down for a hopeful look at what we were hoping for in the new year and what Compassion Radio had been experiencing over eight decades of ministry. Today is part two of that conversation, and I wanted to let you hear it now. Why? Because hope and faith are always the currency of the kingdom, and we've seen some awesome kingdom work in the past 12 months. While so many tremendous and frankly horrific world events have stained 2022, God's people are very much rising to the occasion and doing work that will shine here and in eternity. So I'll ask you to give us another look now. Did we seem naive then? Unreasonably hopeful? Helpful and maybe motivational? Well, it's up to you to decide. And it's for you to decide what will become of Compassion Radio in 2023 by your prayers and investment in kingdom action. Thanks for joining us today. On this week's programs, we wanted to focus on how to start off the new year right. I know, I love it. And folks, if you're listening to this program right now, which I assume you are because these words are coming to your ears, I simply want to say that this is not a coincidence. This is divine appointment stuff. So if you're hearing this word, I want you to open your hearts right now. Pay attention. I think God's got something for you today through the series to hear our invitation to join the Compassion Radio family in doing things to change the world. Mm -hmm. That's what we're about. That's why we're talking to you today. Thanks for joining us. And on to the scripture we're going to focus on today. It's been a series of how do you deal with what's going on around you in a way that is respectful of God's character, acknowledges the circumstances we find ourselves in, and hopes for the future in a way that honors and glorifies God. Yeah, small potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the scriptures we focus on have been from Isaiah and from Jeremiah, from Revelation. Mm-hmm. What are we going to focus on today? Well, we're going to continue looking in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. And this is a passage of scripture that many will be familiar with. I want to set it up here and say this is a letter that Jeremiah wrote. He sent it from Jerusalem to the elders and priests and prophets and all who had been taken to Babylon That when King Nebuchadnezzar came and his army invaded and took away the captives. The king of Judah has been captured along with the king's mother. And we see that there's a multitude of very brilliant young men and women who have been carted off to Babylon. They took the best of the best. And yet Jeremiah is sitting back left alone. I'm not even sure historically why he was left behind. And yet he's the one that's left watching your entire life, your people go away. Yeah. He writes to them a vision from God himself. Mm-hmm. And he's known as the weeping prophet. He spent a lot of years crying over what was going to happen to his people. In some ways, I would think he's almost spent. Mm, He spent mm -hmm. so many years since he was a young man moaning over the fact that this great calamity was going to come on his nation Mm -hmm. and storing up bottles of tears, literally, Mm -hmm. as his testament to how much he was passionate for his people. And now it's happened. And now he's alone. Yeah. And yet he writes these words. Right. He writes these words that say, This is what the Eternal, the commander of heavenly armies, and God of Israel says to those he exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon. We talked about this earlier in the week, and we're just going to recap. He says, Build houses, have your families, get married, have children, marry off your children to other families, grow your crops, eat the food of the land. The prosperity that happens there is good for you. And he says in verse 7 of 29, Pursue the peace and welfare of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to me, the Eternal, for Babylon, because 
if it has peace, you will live in peace. Think about that. How many times in the scripture do we hear things like pray for the government? Pray for those who persecute you, Jesus said. Jeremiah is urging them to pray for the people that have done this Mm -hmm. to you. The circumstances you find yourself in are not ideal. You had no choice, friends, in the year you were born, the family you were born to, and the nation you were born in. Those are accidents of circumstance as far as you're concerned. God knows full well why he put you in the place he put you. Mm. And yet, God says, because you are where you are, these are the authorities you got to live with. Pray for them. If it goes well with them, it goes well with you. There's nothing about this that's not enlightened self-interest. Right. You know, it does you good to pray for others because others can bless you back and be God's tool Mm -hmm. in helping you build a life that's worth living. That's really hard to do sometimes when you feel like they did this to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We find ourselves in circumstances that are unpleasant, in jobs that we don't like in places of just despair for us. Maybe it feels like there is no hope to get out of that situation. But like you're saying, it's important to pray for those in authority over us. Pray for the boss that is maybe a little unkind or for coworkers that you don't enjoy being around. And know that if there's peace in that place, peace in that situation, then that peace is part of your life too. It spills over into you as well. Jeremiah is reminding the children of Israel that God is aware of where you are. God has seen your predicament. And he also knows that there's been a lot of false prophets and false teachers that have risen up in the ranks and are saying, hey, don't worry about this. This is going to be done. We'll be over with this soon. This won't happen to us. Exactly. And Jeremiah then goes on to warn them, don't be fooled by them. Don't be fooled by false prophets and fortune tellers among you. And don't listen to dreamers and their interpretations of dreams because I didn't send them to you. God's saying, I didn't send those people to you. This is my word. If you want the truth, this is what he has to say. You'll be there for 70 years. He's telling them things that they don't want to hear, things that are unpleasant. We count on that as being something so specific that it would have to play out in history exactly correctly Mm. to be God's word. Mm -hmm. And we actually use that as one of those defenses to say the word of God is true. Because if you look at history, it was predicted, it happened, they came back. We say that's a historical proof Mm, that God is real. We say that to people. And yet we don't want to hear God say to us hard things now Mm -hmm. to prove his sovereignty today. It's very difficult for us to say, okay, if God says I'm going to have to be punished for a while or we have to go through these hard times, then let it happen. Because I know from what I've read in Jeremiah, what I've read in Isaiah, that it'll all be right. Mm -hmm. God will make good on this. We don't really believe that in our hearts when we feel like we've been wronged. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of the people of Israel felt like God was doing them a favor. Probably not, no. And yet God is saying very specifically, I'm doing my good work in you. And the truth is, they could be, they should be honored that they get to play a part in God's great plan. Mm -hmm. But it sounds very callous to say that across the centuries, people who really were suffering. Right. We say the same things today, objectively, about those who face persecution in countries where it's not legal to be a Christian. People get assassinated for their faith. They get downgraded in their jobs. They get fired. They get thrown out. They become the outcasts. Mm -hmm. That's still happening all across this world simply because they decided to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we say, well, that's noble of that. so good they did this. 
I don't want to go anywhere near that. They pray for us. We've heard this in first-person situations. People who are persecuted pray for America. They pray for the West at times. If they will not yield to you, Father, bring persecution to them so they will know you like we know you. Mm. That scares the snot out of me when I hear prayers like that because they are heard by God. I've seen prayers be answered in very literal ways by people who pray with earnestness that have nowhere else to turn but to God Mm -hmm. and can't really say it to God and actually expect it from science or from politics. These people pray to God because they expect an answer from God Mm -hmm. in ways that are undeniably miraculous. And that, again, is happening in our generation. We've seen it ourselves. So I don't want them praying for me that God would bring persecution to me. But at the same time, they have the moral authority to say, we have experienced it. Even if it seems harsh to you now, Mm -hmm. as God has disciplined us, we have learned to experience him like we never thought we could. I wouldn't have it any other way because I know my Jesus, my Redeemer lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful statement. Yeah, Jeremiah has mourned before the exile. Now the exiles are mourning for the exile. Jeremiah has now turned the corner and proclaimed a promise to them. While you're there, do these things. And then at the end of all these promises and encouragements along the way, he comes to the most famous verse of that chapter that we recite in all kinds of circumstances Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And those verses Mm say, When the time is over, I'll come to you and I'll keep my promise of bringing you back home. And then verse 11 of chapter 29 of Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Eternal, plans for peace, not evil to give you a future and a hope. Here's the kicker. Never forget that. Now, we read this scripture at our wedding. At the time, as two youngsters getting married, I think it's fair to say we had no clue what would happen in the next 29 years Mm -hmm. and the things that the captivities that we would experience. Mm, Good way of putting it. The freedoms that we would experience. That we may not have been wise to take. And I look at this scripture and I think we had such an idea, we thought, of what was going to come for us, of what our life would look like. I would venture to say it looks nothing like you and I planned. Now you mean? On that day in the spring here in Texas. It looks nothing like that because God had the plans drawn up. He knew the plans that he had for us. And they weren't always pleasant plans. We spent plenty of time in Babylon (laughs) walking through famine, walking through hardship and difficulty and exile, if you want to call it. Loss. And loss. But we also have experienced a lot of joy Mm. and a lot of provision God has always provided. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, one 800 868 And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 
9287. He knew the plans that he had for us. And they weren't always pleasant plans. We spent plenty of time in Babylon <laughs> walking through famine, walking through hardship and difficulty and exile, if you want to call it. Loss. And loss. But we also have experienced a lot of joy mm. and a lot of provision God has always provided. That's one of our standbys. And we confess to God, you've always provided for us that there hasn't <laughs> been a time we've ever been without a meal. Right. By choice. But knowing this... And living this are two different things quite yeah, often. That's true. And we look at these scriptures and we say, wow, God, you can say to me definitively, I know the plans I have for you. They're for peace and not for evil, for a future and a hope. And he has those plans of peace for us. He does not wish evil on us. He does not plan for evil for our lives. He has a future and a hope. And I think looking into 2021, coming out of this year of captivity that many of us have felt like we've been in because of quarantine and what's happening with COVID, with economic crisis, with all of the things going on in our country and in our world, it feels like an exile in so many ways. And we can look to 2021 and say, God has a future and a hope for us. He has a plan for a future. In other words, he plans that we do have a future. We get to talk about that being esoteric, like, you know, heaven to come. Yeah, I get the idea. There's going to be life after death. Sure. So we don't have to worry about that part. But all that stuff in between is kind of in question. Mm -hmm. And we don't really think about along the way, God plans for us to plan for and to exercise and to build a future with him. Mm -hmm. He has plans for us to hope. He doesn't just have a hope for us. He has a plan for us to hope. Mm, Yeah. He does not plan for us to give up. Except to him. If we give up and give in to that which would destroy us and say we have no hope, there is no way out of this, then we make God out to be a liar. Mm. And that's a harsh reality. Bad, yeah. I mean, it's a spiritual reality, but it's as real as anything else in our lives. If we confess that, we deny God his rightful place. If we can say, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, let it be known that God can save us from the fiery furnace. But even if he does not, Mm -hmm. I will not bow down to that idol. Right. That's a lot of, uh, they say in Yiddish, a lot of chutzpah. Right. You're daring these people to kill you. And there are even Christians today that do that. They live very open like that. I'm not bowing down to that idol. You can kill me if you want to, but Jesus comes first. He wants my soul back. He can take it this instant. If he's going to allow you to take my life, then that's his business. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live for him. We meet people like that as we travel all the time. I don't want to be at that kind of danger. I don't want to run the risk of my children not getting to know me or never meeting my grandchildren in this life. Mm-hmm. And yet people have seen that there's a glory so much greater even than those wonderful things that if that's what it costs them, they'd gladly lay that down for the glory of God. Are we willing to at least talk with God about this, to dialogue with him? That's the challenge I think we're facing right now. Along the way, we feel like we've lost many things or things are in danger or in flux. We don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then... God says, trust me in this. I have plans for you. I have plans for you to hope. I have plans for you to succeed. I have plans for. Yeah, to give you that future, to do those things that I've impassioned you with, to live out those passions and those callings that you feel God has placed in your heart. 
we look to the future and we think about that as being our eternal future, our being in heaven. And I just want to say, it reminded me of a quote a pastor used to say when I was in college attending church, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. good. I think we run the risk of that. And it's just like, oh, you know, I'm going to go be with Jesus. I'm ready to go be with Jesus. And those are great things. It is a great promise that we have for our future and our hope. But we don't want to focus so much on what heaven will be for us that we miss the kingdom here, the kingdom here on earth and yeah. we lose sight of God's calling for us here on planet earth, being the hands and feet of compassion to those around us. Some of the most, I think, moving conversations that you and I have had with people who are Compassion Radio partners stepping alongside of us and saying, we want this ministry to continue not just to tell us about what's happening there, but to bring context to it, Mm -hmm. to bring us into the story of what God's doing around the world. We've met many people who have confessed to us in one way or another that they were too heavenly minded for earthly good. Mm -hmm. They just assume that nothing is worth saving here because it's going to burn anyway. Therefore, let's just be pious. Let's just go to church and worship. Let's do our tithing thing. Let's do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then essentially the rest of the world can just go to hell. That was their inward attitude, and they had to confess that. It kind of came out of them saying, this is the way I've been living. Mm -hmm. And God made it clear to me that there's more. There's more for me to do to be involved with, and I had never asked. Mm -hmm. And then along come people that actually challenge them in that and ask tough questions. And hopefully, our listeners along the years have been hearing us ask them some tough questions along the way. Not because I'm trying to hammer them into doing the right thing the way I see it. Yeah. But simply to say, have you asked God today what he would have you do? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you asked him how he would have you see these things? How he would have you perceive the other person that you've not met yet? How he would have you interact with the needs in the world today? How he would have you perceive the people that he loves? Mm -hmm. Have we asked him? And those are the kind of questions we try to focus on at Compassion Radio. And then put them in context with real-life stories. Mm -hmm. Bring you to the front lines of faith. So, what are we to do with this? That's the question we'll be facing more in tomorrow's program as well. But let's sum it up today, honey. As we leapt into this mini-series on hope, on looking forward and remembering the past and forgetting the things we need to forget, we're halfway to the finish line on this scripture. Mm -hmm. We have Jeremiah remote from people who are in exile, and yet they're still connected by something. And it's not just the letters go back and forth. In my mind, they're connected by the promise. Right. Some are hoping, and others are hoping along with them, that what God has said is actually going to come to pass. This 70 years was not going to be seen by all the people who were put in exile. So for those who are quite certain they're not going to live that long, how is something that will not happen in your lifetime hope for you? I think of my grandfather when you ask a question like that. I'm reminded of the things that I know were public knowledge that he did to advance the kingdom. I know that there's so much more to the story than that. I heard stories throughout my lifetime of things that my granddaddy did to help others, or he helped build a church in the town I grew up in for the Hispanic community. I think about things that we as a family heard about him at his funeral from people that we didn't know very well. And I'm reminded of my dad, who when he passed away, people came that we did not know. I mean, literally were strangers to our family that said, I read about your dad's death in the newspaper, and I had to come and tell you what he did for me. My car broke down, and he pulled up in his pickup truck, and he bought gas for me, or he fixed my car. 
or he gave money for my family to stay in a hotel that night because we were stranded. And these were people that literally we had never met. Even with my mom's passing just in this past year, people would say, your mom did this, your mom gave us this thing or told us this story or whatever, and encouraged us. I think about those legacy things that I can look back on and see that is my heritage. Those are things that are part of my very fiber. So for me, if I can plant those things in the future of my children, that they would know that this is a stepping stone. This is an Ebenezer stone that they can look to and say, this is a moment of faith. This is a moment of God's faithfulness and carry that forward then into their children's lives and then their children's lives and continue that legacy of promise, that legacy of faithfulness to God and serving Him. Important though, honey, that we talk about this being a legacy of faithfulness that is, as we would say in modern language, paid forward. Right. These memories could become institutionalized saying, oh, these are the kind of people we come from. They did this, they did that. But when we say to our kids, Come with me. Mm-hmm. Let's do this thing together like dad did, like granddad did. Let's do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we commit ourselves to that kind of ethic of saying these are the kind of people that God calls us to be. And he will make a way for us to do these things. And it will be, as they say about Abraham, reckoned unto us as righteousness. Mm-hmm. I want to join that hall of faith in Hebrews 11, not because of my super faith as expressed in some big single event, You know, God's given us a lot of little events in our lives, Mm -hmm. and I want to, at least in the situations that God has put me, live the rest of my life in such a way that I can at least say, I look for opportunities. Mm -hmm. I ask God how to go about being a problem solver and a giver and not just a thinker. Mm -hmm. I want to die happy knowing that (laughs) at least that happened in my heart. I asked once in a while, God, what do you want? Mm -hmm. He actually answered, and I acted on it. I want that to be the legacy. Well, it's living a generous life. It's living with your hands open and your arms open to others, your hands open to receive, but also to give, holding on to things lightly that are just temporal things, and also eternal things, holding those lightly in such a way that you can give them to others. Mm. The eternal things of our salvation, of our love, and our relationship with Jesus, we need to give those things away too. We need to be open with sharing those things. And I don't mean in a way that is condemning to others, but in a way that is generous and faithful. We'll talk more about living a generous and faithful life, the heritage of faithfulness on tomorrow's program. Thanks so much again for joining us on this special series. See you.
Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. If God has enabled you to support His kingdom purposes, please give generously where you hear God's word preached, celebrated, and lived. We need you, and we thank you for everything that you do and every prayer you offer on our behalf. Let us know you're standing with us. Reach us during business hours or leave a callback number at 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. You can even text the word COMPASSION to 53445. God bless you as you bless others. We'll see you tomorrow.